Ander mense wil dalk nie al dag daar oor gesels nie, maar ons wil jy is ingeskakel op Understanding Autism op 100.5 FM en samenwerking met die Indigo Smiles Autism Foundation. Ons gast in die atelier vandag is Tobile Niati, die trotse ma van twee seens wat op die autisme spectrum is. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Your sons were diagnosed in very different times in their life. Yes. So um, I have um, a 19-year-old who's doing his second year at university. And then I have a four-and-a-half-year-old. So the, the youngest is the one who actually led us to my first son getting his diagnosis. So my, my youngest son's name is Kofuma. I'm just going to refer him by his name. And um, so what happened was with Kofoma, when he was young, he's always been a picky eater. When it was time to introduce solids, it just didn't click, you know. And I just wondered why. And I struggled with that for the longest time because he just never wanted solids. And then eventually, I, I think I was at a clinic and it was for a different reason. Um, I think he had flu. And then the sister there was worried about his weight. And then she, um, I explained to her my whole struggle with food. And then she asked me if I knew about food aversions. And, and I said, yeah, I'll look it up. Then I looked it up and yeah. And then that's what led me to take him to a pediatrician for the food aversion. And then when I got there, instead of us dealing with the food aversion... The pediatrician just started printing things. It was a black pediatrician. So now looking back, I can see he was very uncomfortable. And then he printed things. And then instead of telling me, he said, can you just go and read on this? And then I looked at the paper and then I, I, I saw symptoms or signs of autism. And I said to him, are you saying my son is autistic? And then he said, yeah, do you know about autism? I was like well, there's a show that I watch, The Good Doctor. <laughs> yeah, so, yes, I know about Dr. Sean Murphy, but I don't have details. And then he said, just go and read this and then come for a second consultation. So, you know, with me, if I have a new topic, I just want to fill my brain with it. So I delved in and then I started watching the symptoms and yeah, I knew. So going back to the pediatrician was for me, just a confirmation. Yeah, and then when I got there, <clears throat> I asked why he didn't tell me the first time, and he said, parents usually don't take the news well. So, but the thing is, I don't know if it's parents in general or parents from my black community. But anyway, so that's how um, Gofoma was diagnosed. And then after um, learning more about Kofoma's diagnosis and wanting to educate myself in order to assist him in life, I started to look at his brother, my, my, my son, uh, my first son, his name is Sagwadi. And then I realized, no man, I think he could be on the spectrum too. And then, yeah, that's when I started to engage him when he was in school over the phone and said, do you feel certain things, you know, and I said, can you please look up autism and all that? And then he did that. He actually did that. And then we'd, 
we started having an open conversation about it. And then he said, you know, the one thing that has always, I've, has always um, gave me a problem was, have you noticed that when I was still full time with you is when you eat, when you call me for dinner, I would wait for you to finish eating. And I'd ask him, but why do you do that? He says, I cannot stand the sound of someone chewing. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. And then eventually he, I found a center for him in Cape Town. And then that's where he got his diagnosis and his official. It was a process. It took almost three months. He attended sessions, I think around 11 sessions. And unfortunately, that center is the only one in South Africa for adults diagnosis as a center dedicated to, to, to diagnosing neurodiverse people. So, yeah, so that's how. How did he take it? Did it have an impact on his life to get to be able to label? He was relieved. Hmm. He was relieved. He said to me, I've always wondered why I was different and now I know why. And that is the most beautiful thing ever because you can imagine the struggles that he went through. So, yeah, he was relieved, if anything else. Because what happened was he was supposed to get his, di his official diagnosis uh, on his final session with the people who were assessing him. And then it was during his exams time. And he said, you know what, can I just wait and you give me my diagnosis virtually when I'm with my mom? So he came back home, and then yeah, I I left work early. I remember that day, and then yeah, we had that virtual consultation, and the report was read out to us. Yeah, I imagine it's a very very difficult diagnosis for parents to hear, but you are very vocal about it. You are yeah. very. Is it just knowledge empowering you? No, it wasn't always like this. It wasn't always like this. My Goforma's diagnosis almost killed me. It was devastating. I don't want to lie. It was, oh, every time I think about it, sometimes I get a lump on my throat. Because it's more like, um, I think when you don't know what's waiting for you, so you, I think the first mistake I made was looking for information on Facebook. And then you get, because people unfortunately self-diagnose their children and sometimes it's not autism and then you you get these extreme cases and you're like oh so this is the future of my son and then um because i couldn't cope there was a time i remember my blood pressure was high i went to see a doctor and they prescribed some stress medication but i, I didn't fill in the prescription i was like Maybe I should go see someone who will deal with my heart in a different way. So I went to my therapist and that's why I started doing the work and all that. And the most important part for me was, and it was the most difficult part of the journey with my therapist, she said to me, do you realize that when you were pregnant, you had different hopes for a different child? So now for you to accept this child, you need to let go and for and I said to her, are you saying I should think that the child I was hoping to get is dead? She said, no, you need to, to look at it as in you need to start having new hope, dreams and hopes for this child that you have now that you know what is going to happen. And I, I did that. 
I did that and it really helped and and then I decided to be very vocal about it. We there is a support group that I, I'm part of and um it's mostly black women who are there, but it's for parents. And then but when I my second time attending it, I realized that there's a whole lot of hurt within the group. You know, and people think they've accepted while they haven't. So the um, the coordinators of that support group, who who are the therapists at Rob Ferreira, asked me to talk about it. And then, yeah, and then we had a session. We all cried. It was a beautiful thing, but it was a lot of crying. And because I th- I just think if there is no acceptance, there's no ways of dealing with it. There's just no ways. It's it's a very painful thing to go through, and especially if you don't know what the future holds for a child. So yeah, that is my experience. What were the signs that was a trigger for you that um, Sagwati might be autistic? Oh, okay. For example, Sagwati, you know, black people like Acha. He doesn't like it. He says, uh, "I like Acha." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then the reason he doesn't like it is because he says, why would you eat something that lingers in your mouth after eating it? That has bits of pieces that you lingers in your mouth. And, yeah, so when I thought of my, because my Kufuma has a lot of aversions, like it's, huh. so when I thought of that and I was like, Oh, this child. And the fact that he's super intelligent. So Sagwaji is super intelligent. This other one is... But, you know, with Kofuma, it's still too young to tell. But with Sagwaji, he's always been... I've always been that mom that if your child is at the same grade with mine, forget about that math award since he was in primary. So, yeah, things like that. <laughs> yeah, so that, that that's what caught my eye. And the fact that he's referred to as a nerd... You know, yes, and him being too honest, because that also children on the spectrum or people on the spectrum are very honest. So yeah, that that's what led me to have my suspicions. You've told us about Kufuma's food aversion. What yes. other kind of symptoms does he have? Okay, so when he was younger, he still does it, but not that much. But you know, the food aversions was just the tip of the iceberg. What I saw was he likes lining his toys and um, he gets upset. You know, children will try a task. Let's say they are a year old. They will try a task maybe to stack up cups. And then if it doesn't work out, children will just walk away. But he would get really upset when it doesn't work out. And I was like, hmm. And the fact that he would just be silent. He didn't... You know, there's children who are delayed in talking, but there are children who are just not interested in talking. So Kofuma was just never interested in talking. He just would not even utter mom or anything. When he wants something, he would just come and grab you by the skirt and, yeah, and just show you. So he was never interested in talking until um, he started. It was only after he started speech therapy which was when he was almost three years and a half after his diagnosis. And then one day, his first words were, let's go home. (laughs) Yeah, he said, let's go home. So it's not mama, daddy, no, let's go home. 
full sentences. Yes, first full sentences. Yes. So also that was like, oh, okay, this child definitely is on the spectrum. Can I ask, does he speak now? Yes, he speaks. He speaks now. He started, because um, after the diagnosis, I just decided, and after I worked on myself, I decided it's time for me to help my child. So we started um, physical therapy. Is it physio? Yeah, physio. And, yeah, physio. And then we started speech. And, you know, the the thing is, with physio and especially physio, it doesn't look like it's something that's going to help you because you just go give your child to a person and they just jump around on a trampoline and then they teach your child to walk up a steep and you know it you don't realize the impact of the body and the mind working together and that's the one thing that people don't know because you know a your typical child would just not be afraid to just do things but our kids have to be taught our kids have to be taught how to walk up a steel a steep so that he can understand what's happening with his body because now why is my body in this position so my son had to be taught for my head to be taught all those things by a, a therapist and then yeah after that and the therapist kept saying because I think I took him the the fifth time and I was like, but I don't see what is happening here. Like, And then she said, trust me, one day you're going to see. And that's when he started talking. So um, my mom and my dad passed. So how I introduced this to the family was um, after the diagnosis and after I've done some work, I asked a family member to to talk to my sister. I don't live with my sister, but to talk to my sister. The reason I did that is purely because I didn't know if they would understand me. And I think I was fragile at the time to explain, to talk about that like I'm doing now because right now I think I'm held. There's no tears every time I talk about it. So I asked the family member and she's in the health profession to talk to my sister about it. And then, yeah, after that, then everyone in the family followed. And yes, so, so that's how we, 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 that's how I introduced the whole thing. And they've been extremely supportive. They understand. They understand that um, it's not all family gatherings that I would want to expose Kofuma to. Because another thing about our kids, crowds. They get overwhelmed. So, yeah. So, it's more about wanting to just protect, you know, and not wanting to frustrate uh, a child. Yes. What's some of the biggest challenges to have a four-and-a-half-year-old on the spectrum? In Nelspread, it's school. It's a big, big problem. It's school, the biggest challenge. The second one is people who stare. Yes. People stare. People think your child is spoiled when they are having a meltdown. And people don't know meltdowns. They, they, they think it's a tantrum. So when your child is just frustrated that this place is overcrowded, for example, you are at the mall 
we are. And they just need time to just maybe, you know, there's a, a parent who says her daughter, I saw this on Facebook, she says her daughter say, uh, describes it like whenever they're out and she's overwhelmed, the daughter is six, she says, you know, my anxiety cup is overflowing. Can we slow down? And I ah. found that to be the most beautiful thing. So, yeah. So, our kids get overwhelmed. But people think they are spoiled. So, luckily, I don't have the problem. But I know that parents have a problem when they take their children to doctors. Because the child will just not be cooperative. Luckily, the doctor I take my child to told me she has a child on the spectrum. So, yeah, it just made me want to go to them all the time. <laughs> yeah, so people stay. People think um, you don't discipline your child. And I've seen parents who's, who came up with a solution of wearing, giving, putting... Um, putting their kids on on shirts that's written, be patient with me, I'm autistic. I don't find that to be okay. Why must we do that as parents? But sometimes you don't have a choice because people can be mean. People stay when, when they don't understand certain things. And, you know, with autism, the problem is you cannot tell what is wrong. It's not like someone in a wheelchair you understand they are in a wheelchair, but with autism, no. So, yeah, schools and the public's staring. But, you know, as, as a parent, personally, the challenges I have are just your typical challenge. Okay, maybe I can put it this way. When you have a child on the spectrum, it's like you have a terrible to face for a long time. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes you just need to, you have to let your child get away with things you normally wouldn't. What would you suggest schools do to accommodate and support autistic children? It should, it, it should have two streams. You know, in South Africa, in Bumalanga, we just have one stream. They don't accommodate our children. I don't know where they expect us to take them. Um, private schools are expensive. It's not like we can afford private schools. So two streams. There are people who think differently. And that's just what autism is. And then why aren't they accommodated? And accommodation, for me, it, it's as simple as making the classroom smaller cutting out noise. These are the things government should be looking at. So what is government saying? Um, are we supposed to keep our children at home because we can't afford private school fees? And that, that's where I have a problem. What advice do you have for other parents with children on the spectrum? Um, be patient. I think patience, you will need more patience than you ever thought you would ever need in life. But just being patient and patience and acceptance, you know, because I don't think um, love can exist where there is no patience and acceptance. 
So if you are patient, if you accept your child for who they are, you will love them wholeheartedly. And trust me, when you love them, you see no flaw. Actually, they are amazing human beings. My son, this other day, I posted on my WhatsApp status. I said, you know, sometimes I feel like someone can just come and study my son's brain because it's so amazing. <laughs> yeah. And trust me, if he was not on the spectrum, he wouldn't be that amazing. Yeah. Do you still learn about autism? A lot. Every day. I, I learn a lot. Yesterday, I was... Uh, researching camel milk. Someone said camel milk cures autism. And I went in and I researched. <laughs> and you know how expensive camel milk is? <laughs> so yeah, that's what happens. I Every time someone comes, because you know with, with people, people will try to convince themselves that they can cure something. So people will tell each other certain things, especially with autism. I was a victim of that. You buy the supplements, you buy this, you buy that. And ultimately you just decide, you know what? I'm just going to follow what my therapists are telling me and other moms are telling me and it's fine. And you know, once you do that, you discover how amazing it is to raise a child on the spectrum. Because for one, my son, with my, with Koforma, other parents have a um, morning routine. Ours is straight because they like routine. So he knows we wake up, we do this, we do this. If you don't do one of the steps, then it's going to be a problem. But who, who wouldn't like a child who is like that? So it's beautiful. I'm, I'm telling you, it's beautiful. You post about him on social media a yes. lot. Is that to assist other parents? Yes, that's the main goal. You know, the main goal is to assist other parents and to open channels. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And I'm hoping certain parents would just see the things that I post and probably decide to maybe take their child for diagnosis. Because the problem with children who go undiagnosed sometimes and this is my personal opinion it's not based on any fact is i think sometimes parents don't want to deal with what's ahead and i'm here to say it's okay it's not so bad and we're here there's resources and sometimes i think of Parents whose children were diagnosed in the 80s, there were no resources. There, there was no, I wouldn't have met other moms if there was no social, there was no social media. So we have resources. It's, it's, we are powerful. And we need to bring it to the attention of people that there are people who think differently and, yeah, accept them. What was acceptance for you? Okay. So for me... Acceptance was realizing that I have a son who is, you know, I get upset and I don't know if I should when people use like, uh, no, it's a normal school and that one is for children or disabled people. So acceptance for me was more like my son is normal. Yes, my son is normal. Well, don't label my child. My child is normal. My child just thinks differently. Who says being neurodiverse is, 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 is not normal? It's just different. Just because it's different 
does it mean what is the opposite of being neuro neurodiverse is what's accepted. So yeah, acceptance for me was mainly about that. That this is my child, this is how they are, and they deserve a place in the world and a voice. Dit was Understanding Autism op 100.5 FM. Dit was ook die finale episode in die reeks, wat in samenwerking met die Indigo Smiles Autism Foundation opgeneem is. As jy weer wil luister na enige van die episodes voor tijdens ons aspekte van autisme met kenners bespreek, besoek radiolaafveld.co.za vir al 12 episodes.